Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 166 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, we just had the Mid-Season Madness Tournament, and I'll say it up front, I think this was the best Overwatch League tournament of all time. All five seasons, out of all the tournaments we've seen, as far as gameplay goes, there wasn't a tournament that was as consistently entertaining. It felt like we were consistently watching top-tier play throughout the entire thing. So many 3-2 map 5s, and if not, it was a map 4. I barely see any 3-0s if you look at this bracket. Um, Some ridiculous stat we were given at the end that like 80% of maps that could have possibly been played were played in this tournament. That's ridiculous. Um, Oh, yeah. And then we end up getting a not not 4-0 grand final as well with a loser's bracket run from the LA Gladiators. I mean, it helps I work for the Gladiators that this tournament would be so high in in my memories, I guess. But, man, I loved this week in Hawaii, and there's so many reasons for it that we'll talk about in this podcast. What would you think, Joe? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll be we'll be gushing here for a while, but um, yeah, everything from the competition itself and you know the teams we got to see, um, the the upsets and the stories through the bracket through the week, um, even down to the 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 production itself and the um, the the new desks that we got to see and uh, how entertaining that was. I mean, there were there were real concerns, and I mean, there still are real concerns. Uh, you, you know about some of the, the behind the scenes elements and, and and questions about this tournament, and but certainly going into it, there were you know significant concerns. But um, uh, but really, a lot of that as the week ended up playing out um, uh, seems to me at least to, to fall pretty well to the background, um, just with the the competition we were seeing and with the uh, the excitement of um, what again literally was the the biggest tournament in in league history and. Yeah, I would. I would um, uh, certainly lean into agreeing that it was one of the best as well. Nice. Um, yeah, there was. I mean, it started off. If you weren't paying attention, started off with a lot of complaints from the players on the setup in Hawaii, which was just it was ridiculous. Not only were the desks so close that uh, you would clearly be able to hear and i will say even though they pushed them back added white noise machines over throughout the week the players could still hear each other for sure um nothing nothing helped quite uh quite enough um but also they had like curved desks which was i know for our team an absolute no for like someone like funny astro he immediately was like yeah no that's just not gonna work um so they had curved gaming desks, which they immediately fixed as well. I will say props to the league for adjusting as much as they could with their constraints here after the players. So, I mean, I will say at first they did not adjust, which was awful to see because there was just a day as someone who was in Hawaii, there was a day where they had everyone come in, look at the setup and give their feedback. And that was everyone's feedback. Desks are too close and curved desks no good and then the next day everyone gets a message saying uh we can't change any of it and everyone is like freaking out flipping out and then people start making tweets uh, showing the setup seagull tweets about it everyone's tweeting about it 
And then they just that's when they decide to make the changes. Props on them for making the changes. I think it was too late. Like, I think they definitely should have made the changes when the players complained. Who cares if it goes public? That was the moment they decided, oh, no, we need to make a change now because everyone is viewing our league like this, which is just ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, overall, the setup... I think ended up being a benefit by the end of the weekend, though, especially when you see things like if you have seen the owl comms that came out yesterday, you get to see the players interacting constantly during the broadcast <laughs> itself, get to see everyone giving each other the finger. I know our team, the Gladiators, made very good use of it. Uh, we are just the biggest shit talkers in the entire league, and I think it very much helped us by the end. Um, sort of get into other people's heads in person, not only by typing C9 in the chat. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, overall fun. What did you think of the setup, Joe? Any any other moments I'm missing? I wasn't watching the broadcast the whole time, obviously, so I may have missed some very fun moments. Any any other other ones you can think of? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely highlight that uh, comms check video if you haven't already seen it. <laughs> Just with the the elements that. Um, um, to get highlighted there. I mean, yeah, things like, um, I, well, I mean, hey, even <laughs> even like uh, uh, Potiphon standing on the desk uh, after after the the big win, and you know all the teams standing there and getting interviewed and stuff, and um, <laughs> just just for, you know climbing on the desk during that celebration and then standing in the back. I mean, that's you know that's a it's a classic. Uh, wouldn't have happened in some other kind of situation moment i guess from uh uh from the tournament there yeah it, it was it was definitely interesting and and you know during the week um the, you know even seeing posts of like oh well, this was what the the valorant stage looked like at their most recent tournament and this is what the league legends stage looked like at their most recent tournament and then just the the picture of like the the you know the the lecture room or whatever at the university of hawaii at manoa <laughs> with with 10 computers set up but i mean you know to, you know, regardless of what's, um, regardless of what could have been or what, you know, whatever, I, I think with the way the league ended up handling things, I think worked okay. <laughs> is yeah. the is my assessment as as a as a viewer? Obviously, like it's, like we're talking about, you were there as um, not as a player, but close to players and as an organization member. Um, but it, as a viewer, it worked okay, um, and and it did lead to you know some some entertaining things i mean when uh um i'm trying to remember now the the precise circumstances but when uh uh Hunter came out um during like a between map something in full atlanta rain uh gear yep. and was talking to i guess that would have been Anyway, but and, and chat got confused. Like, wait, who is that? And what, what team is it? And um, stuff like that. I mean, the 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 character of of the the setup was nice, and obviously it was good to have Danny there uh, physically to do interviews and stuff. Um, even though uh, none of the rest of the the talent were. Um, yeah, I, I know yeah. that's this that's some of my some of my input there. But speaking of rest of talent, the desk this week was fantastic. Um, Avali, of course, joining. If you haven't heard of her or seen her on this desk yet, like she did fantastic as someone who doesn't know anything about Overwatch. I think she's just a great personality in esports in general. If you don't know about her, she worked in League of Legends before. She's been all over the place. Um, 
and she uh, helped Custon reinforce on the desk this week and did such a good job. The desk was so memorable this week. So shout out to her and shout out to Custon and Reinforce, who are amazing as well. Oh, yeah. It, uh need to second that because uh, <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh would not mind seeing her back at all um obviously um uh Zoe taking some time off because uh being pregnant i think i vaguely remember seeing that she did have yeah, her baby she did have her baby um which is cool yes so congrats uh, to her as well yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a good week on the desk. Uh, I need to go back. I still haven't yet. Maybe that's what I'll do, or maybe that's something I'll do this weekend. Is go back and watch the. Um, uh, I guess it must have been on Custa's stream or something when they sat down with Avali and like oh, yeah, yeah. supposedly explained all of Overwatch in like a PowerPoint slide or something. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I need to, I need to go back and find that because I'm sure that was entertaining. But um, I recommend. Very funny. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, and and she was a fusion fan apparently so that's yeah. <laughs> so that's something if you want the background uh, to... the background of that is in the stream so <laughs> yeah and she got the whole uh the whole ride of the the whole experience all condensed into one week <laughs> yeah it was pretty close to getting second again they were pretty <laughs> for a second there i thought oh my god they're gonna get second aren't they yeah um, <laughs> once they beat hong joe there in the lower lower bracket i was like oh my god um but yeah, speaking of, let's just let's ride through these. There's so many cool moments this tournament. So I kind of want to go day by day um, and start with day one, which um, did have some surprise moments. Looking back at it, maybe not as much of a surprise, but at the time, definitely a surprise. Um, seeing the London Spitfire beat the Atlanta Reign in the first round, um, I think we immediately all thought, okay, London's here to play this tournament. They beat Atlanta, um, which led into a game against the Shock that everyone was excited for. But uh, overall, the London Spitfire had a pretty disappointing weekend, I would say. After being in the rain, they played very well against the Shock, winning map one, playing it close on the next three maps, but coming up short, and then getting eliminated the next round, Joe, which I don't think anyone was expecting. Um do you think this is a first step for London here? Do you think um, that it, it was a big, big halt in the process? Like, what's next for London? Are you excited to see what they can do? I, I think they should have gone farther in this. I can't believe they lost to Florida. Uh, but yeah, but no, I think that was definitely, um, uh, definitely a surprise. That was not what was expected. I think. Um, I mean, we were talking about this going into the tournament for London. You know, this was a team um, that, in in a lot of situations, it's the, their their big victory in the midseason madness and their success was qualifying for it um, in this setup that had all of the uh, the league points and the the qualification issues or not qualification issues but um, you know benefit to those who had qualified in the kickoff clash uh, to have made it in this tournament is you know was um, was London's big success and so that being said uh, a really convincing win like you said over Atlanta in round one and looking decent um against san francisco shock yeah they absolutely should have beaten florida in that first elimination round um i, I was uh, yeah i will say i was disappointed because i i'm also a fan of how florida looks generally for their for their tier of play um um but but that was that was definitely definitely a close match that could have gone yeah. uh differently and hey you know when um 
when uh, Philly played London, you know, that, that next round, number one, that would have just been a cool matchup just for history. Um, but uh, number two, that, that could have also gone differently. You know, it's hard to say. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I, I think you can be disappointed as a London fan uh, after, after the performance of this match, but not uh, after their performance in this tournament, uh, but you know, not to a, not to a terrible degree, not to a, to a, a ruining degree. I think there's, there's still lots of, uh, lots of space for London, lots of um, time for growth, lots of room for growth. Um, um, d- despite having, like we said, a, a couple pretty close matches here. Yeah, definitely. I think that's just growing pains is this Florida loss almost. I, I really think this team uh, is here to compete. I think you're, you, if you're a London fan, you're happy to be there, but you should realize you probably could have gone a lot farther. Like, you looked really good. So, yeah, as far as London goes, I think disappointing week, uh, in my opinion, that that reverse sweep is, is kind of haunting for this team, especially after putting up a good one against... Um, the Atlanta Reign, a team that ended up getting third in this tournament, by the way. So, uh, yeah. As far as the rest of the first day goes, Shanghai 3-0 and Toronto was no no biggie. Same with Houston 3-0 and Florida. Um, but Hangzhou beat uh, the Philly Fusion 3-1 uh, to start us off, um, which was a, a big surprise to uh, the LA Gladiators players, at least, while we were watching. Um I think it's because we, we scrimmed Philly that day for their warm-up, and they absolutely destroyed us. Um, huh. <laughs> and then, yeah, Hangzhou. I will, I will some behind-the-scenes, Philly destroyed us the entire week in scrims. They absolutely um, just handled us so easily. I don't know if it's, they're just a scrim team, and then when they come out and play, they just, they're not as good, uh, because there certainly are a bunch of those in this league, apparently. Uh, but... Yeah, that day Philly stomped us, and then we watched them get stomped by the spark, and that scared us. Of uh, we were very scared of APAC after that, I would say. Um, but yeah, so that was the only reason it was a big surprise to us. But maybe from a viewer's perspective, I, I'd say some team, some people definitely will pick the spark. Some people will pick the fusion. I think I picked the spark. I think I can't remember. Yeah, well, and I mean, yeah, from the yeah, perspective of you know looking at previous matches this stage and this season i mean this is these teams uh, have been relatively you know back and forth um <laughs> with the different uh whether that's the fault of the philly fusion or of the the spark or both but um yeah so it wasn't i wasn't like crazy shocked uh for, in this particular match but uh um it, definitely good to you know when they came back later and and did find that win that was yeah uh, that, that was a nice feeling <laughs> oh yeah um, and then the next day we got um, some t- some teams picking who they wanted to play. Of course, Shock pick London, Glads ended up picking Houston, and then Seoul pick Spark, which did not work out for them. Um, but I don't I don't know if Shanghai would have worked out for me either for Seoul. So I mean, the first two we are, we talked about Shock and Glads winning. They both look as dominant as we thought they would. Uh, but the three and four seeds. Let's talk about those two teams, Joe, because. They proceeded to get eliminated after they lost these big 3-0s to Shanghai uh, as far as the Dallas fuel goes, and then spark 3-0s the dynasty. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's hop into Seoul first. This was um, a team that obviously won the kickoff clash on the APAC side. They come into this tournament. 
people think, okay, they're going to be one of the best teams here. I had uh, them winning. <laughs> yeah. And they disappoint big time. Is this just yeah. not the meta for them? Like they don't, um, they don't get Smurf on it on his best heroes. Yeah. Maybe it's just, it's maybe it's just not the meta for soul. I don't know. But overall, I think you got to be really disappointed because on the APAC side, you have uh, the kickoff class champion not being consistent at all, and that's really scary. On on the NA side, you have the exact opposite. The team who won the kickoff class won this one. Um, so what do you think if you're a Dynasty fan, Joe? I mean, would you even say they're the top APAC team anymore? They they get they get three out by Spark. They play a really close one against the Atlanta Rain, the team that ended up coming third. Makes me wonder if they played a different team, who would they would they still be in the tournament for a while? But yeah, what were your thoughts on Seoul this weekend? Do you think they'll bounce back? Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's uh, pretty hard to write them off, but uh, that is not to say that this tournament was particularly good for them at all. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, yeah, I I did uh, pick them to win win the whole thing, and maybe that was a bit naive. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. You do expect the the defending kickoff clash East champions to uh, win more than two maps in the <laughs> in the mid season tournament. Um, yeah, I I, I really <laughs> have a hard time. Um, saying much in the, in the way of analysis for this i, I um it, it's I, <laughs> I don't even know uh obviously atlanta um taking the win to to eliminate them in that round and as their their first stepping stone of eliminating um uh every uh apac team in the tournament other than shanghai dragons or other than uh I'm Philly Fusion. Spark. Hangzhou Spark, whichever one it is. <laughs> one um, of those. Other one than one. <laughs> uh, Atlanta beating every APAC team in the tournament other than one. Um, yeah, I, th- that's one of my biggest questions uh, <laughs> coming out of um, coming out of this tournament, yeah, is, is whatever happens to... Uh, I, I mean, and I'm sure we'll talk about Dallas Fuel next. Dallas Fuel as well, but um, Soul Dynasty in particular. Yeah, if you want to hop into the Dallas Fuel, what do you think... I think this for Seoul, I think it was less of a meta and meta issue and more of they played the two two of the best teams this tournament immediately, and that's very hard. For the fuel though, um they also had two pretty hard opponents. I'd say Atlanta maybe a little harder. But the for the fuel, I immediately go and I say meta issue, meta issue, which I think is an overall issue to their roster though. Because there's only one meta that this Dallas Fuel team, I think, could win a tournament in. And that's not good. Uh, this team is extremely not flexible. They, and that so far in Overwatch 2, that has proven to be awful. <laughs> because I think Soul also kind of fits into that category, but is more flexible than the Fuel for sure. But that's a big reason why they were not as good. Meanwhile, you have teams like the Gladiators and Shock, who are extremely flexible and could play whatever they need to on whatever map and whatever meta is happening on whatever map. They're the reason that that's the reason they're both in the grand final. And the reason why the Dallas fuel, Oh, unlucky. We don't get a meta that we're good at. So we're going to suck, um, which is not good. Um, Overwatch two is you, you got constant meta changes. You have so many different metas on so many different maps, so many different heroes you have to be good at. And I think they're desperately missing 
um, having like both Hanbin and Fearlessen at the same time. So, yeah, um, that's my rant on the fuel. I have a hard time. See- Maybe this next meta, which apparently is going to be Junker Queen, Lucio Brig. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a meta. Maybe the fuel could be good at, but who knows? I like it seems <laughs> at, like they're only good point. at. It yeah, seems if, it, maybe they just throw in Lucio Moira because that's what they're better at. Um, they they can't really play the Brig that well, uh, so they'll just be like, okay, Moira. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anything to add on to that? I kind of <laughs> I feel like I covered it all in my rant. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I. I the, the, I don't know. I'm, hesit- I'm hesitant to use the word exposed because, like, the, you know, we had high expectations for the Dallas Fuel, and and uh, you, you know, in a lot of ways, performance-wise, uh, it's similar to last year, even in a way where like they have been performing well, and yet somehow it still manages to underwhelm. Um, but then you get to situations like this, where. Yeah, the, the 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 failings that the roster does have, or the the holes that need um, that do need filled, and and honestly, um, numerically, I, I, the you know numerical performance I was talking about is probably even less this um, this season than we were running into last season when we were talking about the Dallas Fuel. But but yeah, you run into a situation of this, um, a situation like this, and it's yeah all the more evident that you know something. So, you know, tweaks got to be made. You got to be um, more durable for a situation like this than um, you know, just gritting your teeth and and trying to power through. Because yeah, anymore that's not what we see. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because um, the you know teams like uh, the Gladiators, for example, have been really beneficial from relying on just flexibility and, and player performance, um, but. You know, if you're gonna go that route uh, anymore, that's something you really gotta uh, to back up. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, disappointing for the Dallas Fuel fans. Obviously, this is a huge step back overall. Um, and like, if they just continue to to do stuff like this throughout the rest of this year, like, just makes me wonder what the off is gonna be like for this team. Uh, it might just involve starting over once again um which stinks because you know at the beginning of last year everyone was like oh my god the dallas fuel finally figured it out they just picked up the entirety of paris and it's working for them and then it's just it's continued to just like dive take a like nose dive um they they have not reached the peaks that they were reaching at the beginning of the last year so pretty disappointing they still got uh, obviously rush as the coach which is insanely good and so many talented players here just it's not good when you're just depending on um one tricking a meta here so um okay as far as like the first losers round day goes by the way like insane day no three o's three five maps three five map games um which I'd say is not good for a team like the Outlaws, who definitely should have 3 0'd the Toronto Defiant, but um, they didn't. Um, if we want to talk about Houston and Toronto, uh, Toronto, um, like expected, 0 2 weekend. Uh, very close game against the Outlaws, though, which I'd say is a positive for sure uh, going into this next tournament where they definitely want to qualify so they can 
play at home at least, right? Um, that, that'd yeah. be nice <laughs> and, and they play Atlanta, they play Gladiators, they play Dallas, I think are like their first three matches of this uh, oh, summer showdown unlucky. tournament. It's going to be unlucky. It's going to be a trick. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's that's obviously the goal for them. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd say, you know, 3-2 against Houston is positive overall. I expect them maybe not to take a, a map at all, come to Hawaii and just leave without winning at all. Um, and I'd say that's not great for Houston, who um, they 3-0'd Florida, got 3-0'd by the Glads, uh, five-mapper against Toronto, like I'm saying, and then eliminated by the rain in the next round. So, yeah, I overall, I'm not feeling great about Houston after this tournament either. They just continually prove that they cannot beat the top teams here. They beat Shock at the beginning of the season. That's our beat Fuel at the beginning of the season. They're not even looking like a top team uh, anymore. So not looking as impressive either. Uh, Rain or Outlaws just looking like a mid-table team still. Uh, better than the better than the bottom half of the league, but cannot compete with the top. Uh, fortunate for them. Uh, but yeah, as far as the rest of this day goes, we mentioned Atlanta 3 2 ing Seoul, Philly Fusion 3 1 Fuel, and Florida Man with a huge reverse sweep of the London Spitfire. And uh, if we want to talk about Florida for a second, who ended up getting, who ended up playing a really close game against Fusion and ended up getting eliminated, unfortunately. Like that was down to 0.3 Lijiang Tower, 99 99, like super close. Um, I got to give a shout out to Exy, who was looking uh, back in top form. And I think that was a big reason why Florida was so competitive here in this lower bracket. Uh, Exy, great weekend. I mean, of course, someone and the rest of this roster is looking looking pretty good as well with some weak spots maybe. But yeah, Florida very close to making it to the lower bracket quarterfinals there and beating the Philly Fusion. Um, any thoughts on Florida this weekend, Joe? Yeah, um, talking about XD, I mean, it's it's good that Florida is finding themselves in a situation now where they're comfortable, um, you know, getting their money's worth uh, from what must have been. You got to imagine a pretty expensive player to sign. Um, that the, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm gonna jump in there, uh, playing lots of hydrons roles in particular, because um, obviously that's what he does. Um, yeah, and if you, uh, as a Philly fan, you know we, we got we got uh, lots and lots of Philly maps <laughs> this this uh, week. You know, for better or for worse, uh, last week really by now. But um, um, but, but yeah, the Florida continuing to be pretty solid. Like I said, this, this is a team that I enjoy watching. Uh, it's a team that I have um, relatively pretty good confidence in. Um, lots of the rookies that they're fielding. Um, uh, you, you know, so I'm glad they made it as far as they did. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and obviously uh, made it all the way to uh, uh, tied for seventh there. Yep. Um, yeah, Florida, fun team to watch. I with you. It, it's cool to see how good XC is because he had clearly had an immediate impact on this team where they finally were competing with t- beating teams like London, who I think w- I, no one would predict to beat. And then really close against Philly, who ended up being the best APAC team. So, yeah, XC clearly making a big impact immediately. Uh, not an insane impact where they're a top-tier team or anything, but at least they're competing with some teams above them now. 
Um, let's talk about the upper bracket semifinals. Um, specifically, Glad Shock or Spark because Shock Dragons 3-0, easy for the Shock. Um, we'll say if I want to give another scrim report here, um, <laughs> we absolutely destroyed the Dragons in scrims. Uh, the Glads did. So I think our and talking to other teams, they also destroyed the Dragons and scrims. So I think overall, the Dragons, um, despite 3 0ing the Toronto Defiant, not that impressive, and 3 0ing the Dallas Fuel, probably not that impressive either. Um, their, their exit in the tournament after that was not a surprise to most of the teams in Hawaii. Uh, maybe a surprise to the viewers. But yeah, no, we were not surprised that Shock 3 0 them. And not surprised Atlanta was able to beat them. Um, the Glads are huge friends with Atlanta, so we were all hoping they would win. And they did. Um, yeah, as far as... Well, how about your perspective, Joe? Going into this tournament, what, what was your perspective on the Dragons? Were you... Um, were you surprised they sort of just got, I guess, dumpstered by these two by Atlanta <laughs> and, and shock there to end their tournament run? Yeah, with with how tumultuous, um, uh, with how tumultuous a region the <laughs> APAC has been lately, uh, I think is a, a good adjective to to use there. Um, I, I I can't say I was super surprised. Um, I, I expected Dallas to put up more of a fight certainly in that match, um, but. Uh, with how well Shock was playing, that was um, a, a really solid 3-0 for them, obviously. Um, uh, and then Atlanta, again, continuing their, their stomp through the lower bracket. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, at, at some point, uh, at some point, I thought I would pose the question to you, uh, and maybe this is a good time as we're talking to, as we're talking about Shanghai. Um, I'll preface this, I don't know the answer to this question. But the question I'll ask you is, uh, when we're thinking about this cross-region play, um, and we see, uh, again, Atlanta eliminating uh, three of the four APAC teams, um, specifically uh, falling to the Atlanta rain, um, but just in general, the, the kind of seeding we got um, and the, the results that we got, there were um, uh, Philly in fourth, obviously, uh, and other than that, no, no APAC team higher than that. Um, I, I don't know. Going in, going into the going into this tournament, there were questions about you know, oh, is APAC going to have such a good advantage because they get to play from home? Uh, is it really disadvantage because they can play because they have to play early in the morning? You know, um, but they don't have to travel and they don't have to play at these desks and they you know don't have comms distraction. Um, um. And at the same time, yeah, you, these these scrim results you're talking about that you know it may have been um, kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. So putting all those all those elements together, you, you know, uh, it, it's hard it's hard for me to say. So like I said, I'm, I'm curious what you think about you know what we're as how we're comparing regions and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately uh, and and what all that looks like. Because yeah, I think in general. Um, again, tumultuous, I think, is a good word that I would use to describe what we've seen out of APAC so far this season. Um, and, and after this tournament, it, this, it's a real question about, you know, uh, you know what kind of performance we may see um, uh, in the future. Because <laughs> yeah, if, if it's if this if this weekly tournament was, you know, it was Philly's turn to take um, to, to take a, a spot at number one. Um, 
in APAC, and, and that's you know fourth in the league. Are, are we going to see a lot more of this potentially um, next time? Next time we cross regions, or is you know did Atlanta get lucky, or what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I think. I think it's closer than the results make it seem, APAC versus NA, I will say. Um, but that's just going off like scrims uh, with the Glads, obviously. Like, just that's where I could see. The games also showed super, they're all super close, right? APAC versus NA. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was very, I mean, you see something like Glad Spark, which is the game I was about to talk about. It's my favorite game of the entire tournament. That game was super, super close. Um, I think the Spark came out swinging this weekend they ended up losing to philly in the game after and i think that was just being boomed after losing to the glads honestly i think if they didn't lose that game spark could have won this tournament uh because they were really confident shy was absolutely popping off and a couple bounces go their way they could win this tournament easily um so i think spark was by even though philly ended up beating them i still think spark was the best chance for apac to win uh, because Philly just was not consistent enough in matches. Spark weren't either, but I, I, I think their talent level is nuts. Um, but as far as disadvantages advantages go, if APAC had an advantage, advantage that's not, not good for them at all, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um, because they, they didn't have the results to show they had an advantage. Uh, but I don't think they had an advantage, but that's my personal opinion. Um, I think the people screaming that they have an advantage are the Atlanta Reign and uh, all the 18 year, 18, 19 year olds from American Tornado in the league. Who, <laughs> if you meet these people, they are very, they are very trolly. Um, if you ever meet them in person, it's very funny. Even Reiner, who obviously I work with, uh, he's a, he's a hilarious dude, but I think he's trolling half the time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he, they they just all are like trolling about how they don't want to be in Hawaii. This is so awful, and all this stuff. I can't tell if they're serious or trolling. If they're serious, they're being annoying. <laughs> like Hawaii was amazing. Um, just talking with some of the older players on our team who obviously are more mature and can like understand. Like we're we we are getting paid to be here in Hawaii. This is amazing. Um, I don't really care. And someone like Astro, I'll bring him up because he's a great example of someone who's been on both sides of these Hawaii tournaments. He was obviously with Philly last year, had to wake up super early and play some teams. And he said that was way, way worse than Hawaii. Like he said that waking up at the crack of dawn every single morning to scrim or play a match was the worst. And just being stuck at home, like it was awful for his mental. Um, whereas this week in Hawaii for him was amazing. Like he got to go to the beach every day after scrims and, (laughs) and actually do things. That's great for your mental, even though there's a bunch of distractions or whatever. And you're, uh, you're not, you're away from home. Like who cares? Like that's, it's an awesome experience. Um, so if anything, I'm on the side that NA has an advantage. I don't think anyone has an advantage, but if anything, like, I think it evens out. I'm going to be honest. Like, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't think there was an advantage or disadvantage either way. Um, but I will say that I don't think there was, I think that I, I think we have to see it on land before we decide who is actually better for sure. Um, and maybe in a different meta and stuff like that. But as of now, NA are the Kings and I, I'm not surprised by it. Like I, I still think the top of NA shock and gladiators are just the ones to beat for sure. 
but let's talk about specifics of this Gladiator Spark game because this game was so much fun to watch. Um, so much fun to watch. Uh, especially on Ilios at the end um, where we just get another taste of why Overwatch 2 is so much more fun to watch than Overwatch 1. Because in Overwatch 1, I don't think this clutch um, blade from Patapon happens. Um, it's literally just Patapon and Funny Astro against four players of the Hangzhou Spark on Ilios Lighthouse. He pulls out the blade. He kills all four and wins the entire round. The team, I will say, being in the dugout, the entire team's <laughs> like, ah, we lost the point. Like the coaches are like, ah, it's over. Patty Pan pulls the blade and you just suddenly see everyone like on the edge of their seat. Like, like he gets one kill, he gets two kills and everyone's like, what, <laughs> what, what? And they just all, that was the, even we won against the shock. That that was the biggest reaction the coaches had of the entire weekend. Um, as someone who filmed them and watched back. Like they went nuts and just immediately went to pile on Patapon. Uh, it was insane. One of the, most insane moments I had like witnessed because I just it's it's a huge clutch <laughs> that you just don't see too often um and yeah he's Patafon um maybe not great at doing damage on uh Genji when he doesn't have the blade but when he has the blade he's one of the best so man um super fun series Whew. uh and then yeah Philly ended up beating Spark next round as well but as I mentioned, I gotta give a shout out to Shy, who, if they would have gotten further, I would have given the MVP because I think he was. It was him or Proper that were just um, absolutely carrying their teams this weekend. Um, but yeah, any anything to say from you on this Gladiator Spark match or Spark Fusion match as well? Because that was that was also a really good match. Oh yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> it's funny the uh, excuse me the. Um, I guess I'm thinking about something else, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good close matches. I mean, we're talking about how uh, how the the quantity of Overwatch that we got, um, yeah, just good stuff all around, really. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, and I should mention big shout out to Funny Astro who clearly came in in that Hangzhou Spark match on Lucio, and just I think that was the big key of beating APAC this weekend was just. Be play fast. So once that Lucio came in against the Spark, um, the team was just completely different. Um, and once they started playing fast, they absolutely just rolled the Spark and Calcio and Ilios. So yeah, good on good on uh, the team for that substitution. Um, and then we got uh, the upper bracket final, the lower bracket semifinals the next day, um, which were two great matches as well. The Atlanta Reign. Uh, or wait, I guess this was all part of one day with the lower... Yeah. So the Shock ended up beating the Gladiators in their first matchup. This was the second time they faced off this season, and the Shock have won both of those 3-2 um, at this point. Uh, this was a super, super fun and close match. Uh, highlights for me, Coliseo, um, as a Gladiators person, obviously. Coliseo is the, the highlight for me, because that is maybe one of the best... It might be the best comeback I've ever seen on Coliseo or a push map so far. I'm not sure if there are better. Um, but Shock takes a 106-meter lead to zero. 106-meter to zero lead. And you think it's over, right? Like At that point, you're like, okay, 
it's over. <laughs> no, the gladiators come back and win. It's and it's not all at once. Like it's slowly over. Like the last five or six minutes of the map, they are able to accrue enough to win that final point and win the. At that point, I thought for sure the gladiators would win the the match. Like, how do you? You're you're boomed after losing that coliseum, right? Uh, apparently, shock. Shock Mental's good enough that they weren't boomed at all and ended up winning Oasis 2-0 very easily. Um, was not close at all. So, um, yeah, but that Coliseo was uh, one of my favorite maps to watch of this entire tournament. There's so much to rewatch. Just rewatch the whole tournament, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, anything else yeah. to mention about this? Yeah, those push... Uh, those... Push push rounds, yeah. They're either <laughs> they're either you know pretty one sided, uh, and you can tell who's going to win by like three minutes in, or they're exactly like you described. But there's a whole big comeback, and it's super exciting. And um, I don't know precisely, you know, the distribution of matches, how much um, how much that realistically happens. But when it does, uh, it's it's something else to see. Yeah, definitely. I. I will give a shout out to push in general. I was talking with some of the players and I think we all agreed. Like we, we love put the time since the time change push has been so much fun to watch. Um, and just on the beta, it's been my favorite game mode to play. I'm going to be honest. Like I think it's just such a fun mode and can easily, easily like Trump hybrid here in the end as like the best game mode to watch. I think it's just so much fun. Um, but like you mentioned, there's still some steam rolls, which you'll get in any game mode, let's be honest. But when it's close, it is so intense and exciting. Like, it, I don't know. It just it just never, you never know who's going to end up winning. Like, there could be some insane overtime push. Like, it's just fun. Um, yeah, Atlanta 3 won the Fusion after that. Eliminated all the APAC teams. Um, and Atlanta, man, that's... Okay, I want to talk about Atlanta real quick because their next match was an unfortunate uh, loss to the Gladiators because I just don't think they're uh, good enough as the Gladiators, um, which is sad. But let's talk about Atlanta, Joe, because this this is kind of where their tournament ends. They made it another insane loser's bracket run. They're constantly um, making it far in these tournaments, which is great to see from them. I think this is a second, third place now in a row. In these two uh, tournaments, kickoff clash and midseason badness, uh, and after a three-one to London Spitfire, I think a lot of people thought, okay, Atlanta's probably not going to do well this weekend. They just make an insane losers bracket run, and as someone who like someone who watches this team throughout the season and like interacts with them very often since they're friends with our team, their mental changes once they hit the losers bracket every single night we saw them for dinner or like drinks after dinner or something they would just be like yeah one more day and then we'll probably just be chilling the rest of the tournament their mindset turned from like turned very negative they were just like yeah i don't don't think we'll last tomorrow like it's probably over and i think that was huge (laughs) for them like i think that's the reason why they just went out there and like they didn't care as much whereas like games the game against london they cared a lot um and probably regular season games, they also cared a lot more. But once they hit the losers bracket, they were just like, "Yeah, we got nothing to lose anymore. Like we lost to London, and yeah, let's just play." Um, and that's when Atlanta is the be- the best. Their best, honestly. Like strategically, it's what mentally Atlanta is their best when they just like when they're like, "Oh, we got nothing to lose. Like let's just let's just play our best and 
Um, there's not much pressure on them because people are expecting them to lose, and they just keep they keep rolling with it. What are your thoughts on the rain this this week, Joe? I mean, pretty pretty good week for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I don't think. Um, I, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. You, you can be disappointed as uh, as uh, you, you know. You have my permission to be disappointed as an Atlanta fan, but realistically, I don't think uh, there's a lot to be disappointed about. Um, you know, with with how how uh, competitive this really was with how long of a, a you know lore record run that was um again single-handedly um i've said it like six times now but single-handedly dismantling an entire region of overwatch competition um the <laughs> there's a lot to be said for atlanta uh and and just how well they really were playing um um i, I saw uh i forget who it was maybe, maybe like the coach or GM or something, Brad from Atlanta, uh, had tweeted something about, you know, uh, and I think it was only a couple days ago. So pretty well removed from the tournament. Uh, but talking about really, uh, just, you know, reflecting on this tournament and, and how it went down with everybody. Um, he, he said, it's still, it's so worth mentioning that Hawk is, is, you know, one of the, the best tanks in the league. And, uh, it, it took me, it took me a double take to, to sort of, Put that back into perspective, but really, yeah, this 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 is a really good team. Uh, you know, regardless of of having having uh, losses and all that kind of stuff, it's a really good team. It's a really young team. Uh, it, it makes, um, as far as I'm concerned, you, you know, a team that has um, a lot of room for growth. Uh, we saw a lot of. Um, uh, Venom, for example, that we can highlight uh, as as a really solid um, uh, tracer player this week. Um, um, who obviously has been on the roster for a while, but um, we, we, you know, really showing up all, all the way down to to these to these uh, uh, <laughs> I want to say series regulars, but the, you know the the regulars on the team, um, and and yeah, the, the success that they found is definitely definitely shouldn't be discounted. Um, again, you know, the, the fans can be disappointed that they didn't win, but like it, the, there there's not really much, um. To, to to really concretely be disappointed about, I don't think um, from from this past week. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned, I, I agree. Hawk is like one of the best tanks in the league by far. He's like, he's the reason why this team. He's holding this team together right now, and I think it's because everyone else is young around him. Um, that he's able to like sort of be that be that uh be that team leader in game. Um, unfortunately, like it leaves a hole because. If the meta on a certain map is like not good for Hawks Hero Pool, it's just over. For example, watch Point Gibraltar against the Los Angeles Gladiators. Um, it's usually Winston, which you know Hawks good at, but Hawks are really good at like Doomfist. Um, you want Hawk to be on Doom? He's one of the best, if not the best Doomfist. Honestly, I think he's. There's an argument that he's one of the best Doomfists or the best Doomfist. Um, but if you put them on a map where you cannot play Doomfist, that is that's where Atlanta is gonna unfortunately like fall flat, and, and it stinks. Um, maybe Hawk can learn these main take heroes eventually. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna have to try to stick them on Doomfist wherever you can, um, or like Zarya or like some of these off tanks, obviously that he's better at than main tanks. Um, but yeah. I will mention uh, the Gladiators rain game did have some highlights. King's Row was awesome. Um, and then Coliseo was 
another really fun push map because oh it was just awesome atlanta like takes the lead there at the very end uh glads have the lead with 70 70 ish meteor meters the whole time and then atlanta at the very end like with 20 seconds left take finally takes the lead from the gladiators you think it's over you know coaches in our dugout planning for the next map getting ready to choose um we went we went an insane fight with kevster and patty pond both with like 20 health left each they're the only ones on the point um they wipe it all everyone's dead on atlanta the push bot has to get to this barrier um reiner comes back they switches the ball comes back and just carries the whole the push bot all the way so both patty and kevster like don't die because they're there's no healers to heal them up and yeah no one on atlanta can get there because because of the runner switch to ball and absolutely ridiculous that they were just able to roll it in there right at the end uh with an insane fight win i highly recommend rewatching that coliseo as well so many fun coliseos um and that leads us into the grand final joe which uh, i'm gonna be honest it feels like we're gonna be seeing shock glad's grand finals for a while now um, I think Shock finally got over that tournament hump this this week. They looked so good. This team looks great. They, I mean, not only do they have Proper carrying them, but the people around Proper are great as well. Um, so that's fantastic for them. You still got Coach Krusty in there and some really good coaches against a Gladiators team that I think is as stacked, maybe has a little bit more depth than them. Uh, although Shock adding Mikey really really helped them this this meta in this tournament i will i did not expect that as someone who was with the uprising and mikey didn't have much of an impact on the uprising at all i gotta give a shout out to mikey who absolutely killed it this entire tournament um and it's looking like a really good addition to the shock team so yeah this gladiators shock match anything anything to talk about here um as far as uh, you have here, Joe, any of these maps stand up to you? Any amazing moments between the two? I mean, plenty for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really hard to um, to to pick out any specific things at this point. I mean, uh, I we always highlight matches to rewatch. Uh, my response this week was uh, any of the last two. Uh, certainly the <laughs> Glad Atlanta or Glad Shock, but really. Um, yeah, this, this whole series was was definitely excellent. Um, speaking of young teams, you know, San Francisco Shock is is right up there too. Um, uh, Glads have have several rookies uh, on their roster. I mean, it's exciting not only that this competition is happening, uh, you know, at such a high level, but that the, again, um, it really is um, uh, opportunities for growth. I think is a really significantly non. Um, non not insignificant contributor to you know to what we're going to be able to uh see uh, the next the next couple of seasons the next couple of months uh and yeah i think you're right it's i would not um be surprised at all if this is something we continue to see uh in you know these, these highest levels of competition i agree it seems like these two are just the, the most built out rosters but also really good coaching staffs on both sides I will say there's a little like friendly rivalry throughout these two teams. You have um, Kaluj versus Reiner on tank. Of course, they were the two tanks for American Tornado uh, now facing each other, um, which, of course, if you saw 
many tweeted pictures of them like facing off against each other. Many moments of them giving each other the finger. Yeah. Um, a nice little friendly rivalry there. Uh, and the, then, of course, you have uh, a little-known rivalry is one of the assistant coaches of the Gladiators Smash used to be the coach of O2 Blast, um, which, of course, tons of O2 Blast players on the San Francisco Shock. So I will say his his the matchup he gets most excited about is the Shock matchup, and when he beats them, he's so giddy after. He is so happy. He's like, ha-ha, this is proof that I was the mastermind by O2 Blast and not you guys. Um, so, yeah, that's a little fun rivalry back there as well. Um, and yeah, a good, at least this finals match wasn't 4-0. It was looking like it might be for a little bit, but shock, absolutely such strong mental on this team that they were able to, um, win new queen and Li Zhang. They didn't only just win them. They, it wasn't like a close map on either of them. They kind of rolled gladiators after being down 3-0. So really good mental from this team. And then Dorado was, man, I, this might be the best map of the entire, like, I, this was just so back and forth, this Dorado, because Shock <laughs> takes all three points. Glad's able to take all three points with a little bit more time. And then Shock has an insane second push. And you're like, oh, it's over. No, it isn't. Somehow, the Gladiators also have an insane second push. And Ons hits an insane three shots on that second point in order for them to cause a C9 um, and end up winning that point back there. I don't. The C nine just seemed like utter confusion from the shock there at the end, though, Joe. I don't know if you went back and watched it, but you have Violet like switching to Lucio, switching to Bab, switching to like every possible character he could for some reason, and it's like <laughs> uh, you need to get to the point. What are you doing? And then um, just watching it back, you had like a tracer that could possibly touch and a ball that could possibly touch, and the ball was like super low. Um, gladiators were focusing down that ball. So I don't know if Ball was just panicking and trying to live or, like, what was happening. But, like, the shock easily could have touched and forced a fight there. I, the ball was really low, so I think the Glads would end up just picking him off and winning if they touched anyways. So I don't think the touch mattered. But still a ridiculous way to end the season or end the series and the tournament from a from a C9 and just no last fight from the shock. Um, but, yeah, that Dorado map. If you have no time and you can only rewatch one map, please rewatch the Dorado map because that map was just so back and forth. And I think that was like the one. There were some other close maps. Like Watchpoint Gibraltar was pretty close, but this was by far the closest. Either that or Ilios were by far the closest map in this uh, series. Um, so much fun to watch. And Ons, like against his old team, um, finally had that pop off moment because I think he was having a pretty average tournament, I'm going to be honest. Um, until this match where he just popped off uh, on not only Dorado, but Watchpoint when he was in earlier as well. Anything else to mention about this uh, victory here uh, for the Glads in the grand final or just overall? I mean, yeah, take it away, Joe. Any, anything else? <laughs> yeah, this it's the whole thing is just super excellent. I I, I think you're right. The, <laughs> the Dorado map definitely good to go back and look. Um but yeah, the, the the back and forth and the the almost reverse sweep, but not quite. Um, uh, it, it's, it's the kind of competition you want, and so it, like I said, it's only a shame that. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess I didn't say it, but I will say, you know, it's it's only a shame that we um, 
uh, weren't able to get some of those elements out of, uh, you know, APAC 2, like a cross-region final would have been excellent. But yeah. uh, in in other ways, that's only um, more more fuel to the fire for, you know, how exciting these uh, these North American rivalries really are. Yeah. I mean, I will say I would have loved APAC and it would have been fun. But it was great to have a NANA just because they were facing each other in person. Um, when it, whenever it was NA APAC, that was like the big element missing was like, there was only one team in that room and no one was, no one could give each other the fingers across the room or like interact in between maps. So, um, that, w- that would have been missing, but it would have been great to obviously see someone like the spark come back. Cause I think after we beat the spark, all the coaches were like, okay, that's the team we're probably going to be facing in the finals. Um, unfortunately they fell short <laughs> immediately after, um, but yeah, I totally could have seen someone like the spark making the finals, like I mentioned earlier. Um, but yeah, that's just super fun. Glad the grand final went further than four maps. Um, and congrats to the gladiators. Obviously, I for MVP, I couldn't choose out of anyone on the gladiators. If I had to choose out of the gladiators, I would absolutely choose proper. He leads. He led the league in so many stats <laughs> this weekend. Like he. Out uh, of the gladiators, the proper. Uh, no, uh, outside outside the gladiators. I'm saying. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I was very confused. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, no. I'll, if I had to give it to someone outside the gladiators, which I feel I should give it to someone on the gladiators, it would be proper because he led the league in so many different stats. Um, oh yeah. But oh, yeah. I, I literally just cannot. It's like picking from family members at this point. I know I've only been with this org for three months, but like being on a trip, being on two trips with these people and being with them constantly, they literally, they do feel like a family at this point because I've just like, have gotten to know these players so much. I'm with them every single day and these coaches and everyone in our org, Brenda, um, the GM and Alex, who uh, is the operations guy who's there, who's there with us this weekend, like, and Mike, the team manager, like everyone was just killing it this entire week and was part of the success. If, Hey, if Mike w- wasn't there getting us food getting us uh, hand warmers, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to win. Um, so shout out to the team manager. I, I, it's just everyone in this org. I have to give MVP. Brenda built an amazing team. Like, um, yeah, it just morale was up overall, all around all three coaches are instrumental to us being good. Um, every single player, is I mean, Space was the only one that didn't see play in this grand final, but he was huge in the rest of the tournament. And if we needed to play Circuit, he would have been great. Um, so, like, yeah, just everyone on this roster and in this org is the MVP right now for me. Um, who's your MVP, Joe? Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> funny you ask. The, uh, I think one other time in, in the history of... Um, uh, the show we we picked uh, an Overwatch hero to give MVP to, and I think I think it may have actually been me that I gave it to like Sombra or something, maybe mid goats if I had to guess. But uh, yeah, in this case, my MVP goes to Sojourn. Uh, obviously, not brand new for this uh, stage or for this tournament, um, but really, obviously, this midseason madness stage was uh, when she really came into her own, um, and and uh, it has been you know defining. Uh, either either sojourn play or you know sojourn counterplay or sojourn uh, responses really have been uh, a, a defining element of the midseason madness that um, it sounds like we may not see 
uh, at least not as much of um, uh, when this when this next stage comes around. So yes, our our two MVPs, this uh, our most valuable players for this tournament are <laughs> not a player, uh, an organization, and <laughs> and a uh, hero, a hero. <laughs> so <laughs> good, good job, players. <laughs> All the players are yeah. like, what the hell. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, some of my some of I, I did choose players, I guess, <laughs> but I choose more than players. I chose a lot of people. That's um, true, and I mean, I can I can say Sojourn, and then that means you know Kai and Patapon and Merit all these and people, Patty and yeah, <laughs> yeah. You pick you pick the next some and, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons of good Sojourn players out there. Uh, yeah, I will say Sojourn definitely has a chance to be meta again. Um, overall thoughts from the pros I got for the weekend was that she's not OP in the current, in the meta they were playing and she was, she was well balanced. So maybe the nerfs will hurt a little bit, but the nerfs weren't too big, right? I can't remember what they were. It was just like, um, basically like scaling her secondary, her right click. So playing with the numbers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it was too big of a nerf. I think she still should be playable. Um, and maybe the best hit scan to play. Uh, but yeah, after this weekend, our pickums are very close, Joe. I, you are only up by one point. Um, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure how that happened because I felt like uh, I don't know. Yeah, I also I'm also mad, Joe. I thought I thought for sure after I was like I picked the right team, I picked the right map points, but that didn't matter because apparently because I chose the dragons to be in the finals instead of the shock. They were like, oh, it doesn't matter. You predicted the map score, right? I was mad. Oh about that. yeah, yeah. That was bad. Yeah, once once uh, Soul went out in in the first round, I was like, oh well, it's it's just got to be over for me. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's because yes, my, my losers bracket was awful. Like if you look at my losers bracket, it is one correct pick. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious now. I'm gonna real quick open up the the pickums and see uh, like the scores that we got versus like the the top score for Missy's Madness bracket. Uh, 41 points was the best in in the world. Uh, uh, I, had, I had 15 points had, <laughs> on I my bracket. 22. Uh, Dang, someone predicted this tournament pretty well. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, but yeah, we're close. We're finally close again after I missed a bunch of picks there and went down by a lot. So that's exciting. Uh, but let's head into the news. Uh, <laughs> our market we're finally here uh, at the news oh, yeah. and uh, lots of news too relatively yeah definitely um, alright we had a so there was a we, it's been a while since we had an episode um, <laughs> yeah geez okay uh, yeah so there since our last episode the beta has closed and we uh, got one little the hot fix they were talking about um, we got that and it had, they called it a hotfix, but it had more changes than the actual patch. Um, so I think they just changed it to be a patch at this point. Uh, and if you haven't heard of this, it's been like two weeks since it happened. Um, they gave Doomfist a bit of a buff. They nerfed Junker Queen's commanding shout, which is absolutely huge by making it, um, instead of just giving the bonus health to uh, her teammates, it just, it decays over time, almost like a, I guess it's like a rally or a more like a Lucio beat maybe because it goes down yeah. as quick as that. Um, so it just gives a hundred health and then it starts going down immediately, uh, which is huge. Uh, Arissa got a movement speed for her javelin spin. 
and critical damage gone on fortify mentioned the sojourn change um they tried to buff symmetra a little bit but i don't think it did much and then zen got nerfed um back down to 200 health um but yeah i just wanted to quickly go through that since we're we hit the hour mark already uh and it is worth mentioning joe that they mentioned that they are going to be changes for overwatch league still specifically getting rid of necrotic orb completely out of Moira's kit which i think is the move i think i talked about on this podcast that i didn't like it at all so and then once again they're going to be making changes to mercy's super jump guardian angel not surprised yeah <laughs> uh it, they did mention too um uh, at least that's uh more of a change uh and maybe for mercy too i don't know but certainly the moira will be uh in effect for uh stage three the overwatch league uh so we won't see any kind of professional necrotic orb unless you are watching contenders because uh, that is the patch that they're playing on currently um uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get some of these other uh, kind of balanced things to go in for the um, summer showdown as well. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I, I think a lot of people aren't happy with what they're seeing in contenders as far as the meta goes um, because they don't like what they're calling Junker Queen Goats, which is just a sustained comp, as I mentioned earlier with Junker Queen Lucio Brig, um, usually paired with Sojourn Genji. Uh, which I think there are a lot of people freaking out because they're like, oh, no, goats again. Um, but there are still some level-headed people who are just like, oh, this is not as bad as goats. You still have like a Sojourn and a Genji popping off. Junker Queen is actually fun to watch, in my opinion. I like watching Junker Queen. Um, I think she's a fun tank to watch people pop off on. And yeah, um, so, but obviously she got nerfed. Um, so we probably won't see her as much as and they might even nerf her more we don't know uh we only know moira mercy changes are going to be happening for owl um all right let's move on to a new another new skin another tournament of course we get another overwatch league skin this time it's royal knight which i will say will fit um the la gladiators theme very well uh once once they theme that skin up for the gladiators win uh, but it is available now if you just want the normal version of it. Um, I'm personally saving my tokens for the Gladiators versions, obviously, because I think that'll be s- sick to have for me. Um, but yeah, check, go, yeah, go we, get it. It's cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, it was released like two weeks ago. And so <laughs> it was all in the Mid-Season Madness broadcast and stuff. But, you know, we'll talk about it here. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah, we, we still haven't seen even the the recolors of the Doomfist or the Reaper skin either um, for for Glads and uh, Soul Dynasty, but hopefully we get all those coming soon. Um, the the other advantage of um, this whole big long week of matches, by the way, speaking of league, to- league tokens, is how many uh, tokens you were able to actually get. Uh, I think I mentioned to you midweek or something. Um, you know, I wish I had written down. Uh, before the matches started, how many league tokens I had, uh, just to to measure, um, uh, to measure how many I gained. But by the end of the week, I think I have uh, one thousand twenty four league tokens. Mm. Is is my final count? Insane. Um, <laughs> it's just from and and to be fair, I had like I would, you know, leave the stream on like when I went to bed and pull it up in the background while I was at work and all this kind of stuff. So like <laughs> I had it on basically most of the time, mm-hmm. but, um, but it, it was at 
feels like at least 500 league tokens that I got just from this one week. Yeah. Um, there was just so much. There's so much yeah, Overwatch. It's crazy. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> very long broadcasts every day. So many chances to get the tokens. So, um, yeah, super cool skin. Um, okay, let's talk about some um, some moves and signings here. I mean, first of all, you have Excelsior dropping or Kuki leaving, um, which, you know, a lot of people are... <laughs> are theorizing they wanted him to leave for a while, but they he was like they're hitting their roster um, mark for them as a coach because they had him as a player too. <laughs> and then um, HL1 got uh, became of age on yesterday. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people theorizing that now that they have um, the minimum amount of players they can have, uh, they said, okay, now you can leave Kuki because you're bad and we don't want you. <laughs> so a lot of people theorizing they didn't want Kuki the entire time and uh, they just needed him to hit the minimum player amount. I mean, it makes sense. I don't think Kuki, clearly Kuki was not doing well for this team. You have tons of talented players on this roster. Do I think they're talented enough to be top tier? No, but I think they're talented enough to be better than one of the worst teams in the league. So yeah, I, th- this move makes sense to me. Do I think hl1 becoming of age is going to do anything no he's another flex support on this team that already has two so i I don't think he's going to make much of a difference i'm very pessimistic about it um but yeah new york making this move any thoughts on it joe um yeah i think yeah not much not much beyond um what you're thinking in terms of you know i don't know how much concrete effect we may see um which uh, I think is, is generally my same opinion of this next this next news too. Um, yeah, very good. The, the, the which uh, well just introduces uh, Vancouver um, <laughs> Vancouver Titans uh, drop shockwave. Uh, apparently, like not with his consent, like it was actually a drop, uh, and then signed this new DPS player King. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, very confusing <laughs> for me uh, as well, and I think a lot of people. I remember this move happened, and the, even the Gladiators players in the room were like, why? <laughs> I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, I don't think anyone gets this move. Shockwave is a very talented player, and before anything, you maybe drop like a support player here because I think that's the weak part of your team, clearly. It's not your DPS. Mirror, Aspire, Shockwave, I think is a really – it's a good good DPS line for a team that has not won a game. Um, oh, yeah. you wouldn't expect that DPS line to be on that team um, but if you looked at their supports I think you would be like okay that makes sense why they haven't won a game um, yeah I, I, confusing move King I don't know much about uh, he's been in NA contenders as uh, like an, a flex sort of um, DPS Tracer Genji Echo uh, been all over like if you've heard of an NA contenders team it looks like he's been on it basically uh, besides American Tornado, Maryville, Wisps, Solaris, Bobby Wasabi, Odyssey, Sky Foxes, Square One, all these teams um, since been in the scene since like 2016. So um, don't know much about King. Uh, yeah. I imagine Shockwave's like at least as good as King. Maybe just fits their roster better. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you 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 gotta hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you gotta hope that this is at least a a, a side grade, if not an upgrade. Um, 
but yeah, it's definitely not the the piece I would have isolated. I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah, um, for sure. Okay, let's move into the final thing we'll be talking about today because um, next week we'll do power rankings and predictions and stuff like that. Uh, but for now, let's stick to this contenders EU news. If you ha- were off the internet yesterday, the entire um, Twitter timeline blew up with this contenders EU scene just absolute disaster operationally um but basically yeah um munich esports versus uh, one esports in the winners finals right um yeah they're told that this is going to be a best of seven series it's on it's on i think the screenshot is from a website or something like that in the rules uh, online it says best of seven and they're told that it's going to be a best of seven series munich esports is up three to two on them when all of a sudden the um, contenders people realize they've made a mistake and this winner's bracket final in the rules is not supposed to be best of seven it's supposed to be first to first of three best of five so technically munich esports have already achieved that they have already won three maps they immediately call the game and they say Munich Esports wins. Um, they got three maps first. It's over. Munich Esports, you win the winner's finals. Which leads into the loser's bracket finals, which is for some reason best of seven. And while the winner's finals isn't, that makes no sense. Where um, Owen Esports and the team they're playing um, just 1v1 tour battles and Arisa battles <laughs> on uh, Nepal. They that's what they do. <laughs> they don't capture the point. They just face off in one v one torp. They have to like pause the entire stream, pause the entire game, and like they basically go on strike. The contender players go on strike, and that it's absolutely huge. The internet blows up. Um, Joe, you were paying attention to it more than I was. If you have like any extra things you want to talk about here, but this is just ridiculous <laughs> that this happened. <laughs> Yeah, it just happened to be, you know, right place at the right time and seeing this, you know, quote unquote live on Twitter as it's laying itself out. But yeah, the 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 stream <laughs> yeah, they, they, they played the um Torb one V one, they played the Arisa one V one and then it was like an admin pause. Uh and so and so the the casters stalled for a while and then they went to like a complete break and just played music for like half an hour. Um, and this, the screen was just like, um, you know, stream, you know, coming back soon or whatever, stay tuned. And, um, uh, and then meanwhile, yeah, this craziness going on, on Twitter, evidently there are, um, probably Twitch VODs out there of, um, uh, participants or coaches or stuff that, um, you can go go in and hear some of the uh, background conversation that evidently was going on in the uh, Path to Pro Discord uh, with with tournament admins. Um, yeah, and and finally, after again at least half an hour, forty five minutes, um, the the conclusion was well, they're going to go back to um, um, what was the the fairest course of action was the phrase they used, and and continue to replay. Um, or not replay, but to, to resume that series three two to let it play out, um, 
which is, is is fine. You know, that's that's what they wanted. It's the the, the unfortunate part is um, uh, obviously the momentum of uh, O1 Esports, who was on the path to reverse sweep uh, of, of this best of seven series. Um, um, you know, the momentum was cut off and all that. Uh, as I understand it, they did uh, go ahead and, and finish that match um, today, now on Friday. Um, uh, and sure enough, um, Munich did win. <laughs> I, I don't know if they won um, uh, 4-2 or 4-3 uh, in, that, in that best of in that best of seven, but music did win. Oh, one did in fact lose. Uh, and they did play a legit series against, uh, Explobioni and lost, um, uh, or I should say, Oh, one won that match four to one. Uh, and so the finals, uh, which I believe actually is going on now as we're recording it, yeah. uh, between Munich and Oh, one, uh, again, <laughs> so it's a matchup of that uh, series that got cut off, but this time it is for sure. Uh, first to four series, uh, that they're playing again, I believe, right now or close to right now. So, <laughs> wow, what a, what a! I can't believe that happened. I can't believe their immediate yeah. decision was, oh, just get to Munich. They like that just immediately is obviously not the right move. The the immediate <laughs> reaction when you made the mistake is obviously okay. I'm sorry, we have to redo the series because. O1 Esports was playing like they thought they had an extra map to lose, right? Or, you know, they, they thought they had more room. They could have made a risky map pick. They could have put someone in. They could have made a risky meta choice because they were just trying to, like, throw them off because they knew they had another map to lose. So you just, you have to just sit. If you're you're an admin, you have to be like, okay, I'm sorry. Competitive integrity has been washed for this match because it, we we've messed up so we have to just redo the whole thing which the players i think would have been pissed about that as well but i think it's a little more reasonable than munich wins just immediately and everyone's like what <laughs> it's just ridiculous how they handled it um but yeah uh good on the players for striking and everyone for freaking out because that was just awfully handled um, curious to see yeah, who ends up, ends up winning. Yeah, yeah. The obviously the the question then sort of became as this was all coming out, the North American stream was about to start, uh, and so they were saying, you know, is this going to come to some resolution, or is uh, uh, you, you know North America going to have to run into this too? And uh, they they came to a resolution before that happened. So I, as I understand it, all the North American matches from yesterday got played, but. Um, yeah, crazy stuff. Or you know, absolute worst case scenario, you you let the the seven maps play out, and then, and then at the end you can say, you, you know, you, you can see who wins the seven maps, and then say, well, either it didn't matter because Munich also you know won four two instead of three zero, or you can say, well, there is a difference, and so now we got to replay it, or you know, whatever. But yeah, to to just stop the stop the motion cold was definitely an interesting decision. And so it remains to be seen, you know, what other kinds of um, long-term consequences there may or may not be for uh, any of that. Yeah. Jeez. Um, wow. I mean, and the contender scene is already just, um, just left in the dust usually. So this is, yeah, it was rough to see for sure. Um, very interesting. 
did not expect this. Came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be uh, interesting to see the impact of it. Um, but yeah, this is, that's the end of our show right there. Uh, obviously, we had tons to talk about today. Insanely good tournament, the Midseason Madness. I'm looking forward to the summer showdown. Um, but yeah, Joe, anything else to mention before we sign off? Yeah, so we can sort of... Uh... Uh, you know, lay out the plan here. So we'll we'll be back next week, uh, probably midweek or, um, or early to midweek to do a show previewing the uh, first week of the summer showdown. We'll have our power rankings and predictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the actual week right before uh, the the match just comes back, we'll take off. Um, it's gonna sound like you're going on vacations there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Europe, um, so I will not be able to record. Yeah, so we'll go next week and then be back after that uh, opening weekend of the second half of the season. Sweet. I'm excited. Um, thank you guys all for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter is at JWGeorgeIV and Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. Our Twitter um, for the show is at On The Flank Show. You listen to this one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, run on hyphen the hyphen flank.podcast.co or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy uh, a nice little weekend off, a couple weekends off here in the um, end of Mid-Season Madness here.